Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. What we're going to focus on today is a new take on delegation. I want to give you a new framework for how to let stuff go. And I was in one of our fabulous workshops yesterday, and a huge conversation came up about delegation that totally inspired me, which is why I wanted to share the thinking with you today. And it was about a very, very, very successful entrepreneur, our highest level client, who was still looking at whether or not to hire a personal assistant. And it was kind of interesting because he's like, I don't know if I can let stuff go. And I happen to know from personal experience and from all the coaching that I do that often entrepreneurs have what I call a death grip on certain things that they need to let go of. And it's not just entrepreneurs. Anyone who is moving to a higher level and has things they need to let go of, it's tough because you're actually letting go of partly how you got to the success level you're at now. And then we're asking you to let go of things. Uh, that's kind of scary. You're letting go of success. You're not letting go of failure on this one. You're letting go of success. So it takes some courage. And that's actually what I want to share with you is what we call the four C's formula. And by the way, if you want more information about this after I talk about it, please grab a copy of our latest book, The Four C's Formula, from the store at strategicoach.com. Lots more information in there than the time I'm going to allocate today. Because I want to apply it today specifically to delegation. It really is a growth formula. And here are the four steps for growth. First of all, we make a commitment As soon as we've made the commitment, and it's usually to something higher, something we haven't done before, something a little challenging, something we don't know exactly how to pull off yet, then we pretty much immediately enter into what we call the courage phase. This takes courage, and as we all know, delegation takes some courage, so that's what we're going to talk about. And courage is really interesting because even though most of us, especially after having reached a certain level of success, really enjoy an incredible sense of confidence, courage, unlike confidence, doesn't feel very good. In fact, it feels pretty bad. <laughs> you're uncertain. You don't know. You're filled with doubt. There's fear. You know you don't know what you're doing. We could look stupid. Potential for embarrassment. Potential for failure. Fill in the blanks. You know exactly what this courage phase feels like. And most of us avoid it like the plague. However, if you think about how you have grown in every single major area of your life, it's because you made a commitment and you went through that courage phase. And I love naming it courage because it gives a label, a great name, to that uncomfortable feeling, and it really validates it. We shouldn't avoid it. We actually need to embrace it. And I'm a big fan of short courage versus long courage. (laughs) So the shorter the time period you can do it, the better. And what you get from that and what you create is a whole new sense of capability. So the first C is commitment. The second C is courage. The third C is capability. And that's what leads to the fourth C, which is confidence. So let's apply this formula to delegation, because I think it makes a ton of sense. Now, I want you to think about something that currently you are doing that you know that you need to let go of in order to be able to take on something bigger that you know has a bigger multiplier, bigger opportunity to leverage your success. However, you've been doing this for a long time. You're really, really good at it. And you really don't know whether or not anyone can do it quite to the standard that you can. Okay, all good reasons not to let something go. However, you're not sleeping enough you're working too many hours, you're not experiencing the kind of freedom that you want. So you know you need to let it go intellectually, but emotionally it's really tough. (laughs) So here's the thinking process you can do to kind of sell yourself on the idea. Because this is a breakthrough. You're actually planning a breakthrough here. So think about what would the benefit be if you were freed up from this particular activity, this task, this project, what would the benefit be? So the example that came up for our client yesterday was that they would actually free up a 1,000 hours over the course of the year. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a small number. And then all of a sudden, these possibilities started to open up. It's like, well, what could you do with 1,000 hours? 
well, quite a bit. I could take some more time off. I could work on some new creative projects. I could start a new company. All these possibilities bubbled up. So the commitment that this gentleman ended up having was the commitment was actually freeing up a 1,000 hours. Then delegation became the means to that. So you see how it just got so much bigger? So I know when I have a big commitment, I will find any which way through to do it. But if I just have to like delegate something because I'm supposed to, probably not going to happen. So this bigger commitment really helped him go into the courage phase. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to let some stuff go. So I need to find the right person, the right technology, the right combination of those things to be able to let go of these particular tasks. And this, by the way, kind of personal assistant tasks is what we're talking about. So administration, numbers, letters. By the way, I heard a great expression that will resonate for some of you, and that is that if you don't have a secretary or an assistant, you are one. You may want to give that some thought. I'm just letting you know, (laughs) which is completely true. So the courage phase is that uncomfortable phase where you don't know yet how it's going to work. So I want to give you three real ways to make this work. Number one is when you're going to delegate, delegate effectively. So many people delegate, which is a little bit more like abdication. They throw something at someone. We call this a drive-by delegation in our team programs. And do not be guilty of a drive-by delegation. Bad, not good. And what happens is the person doesn't do it the way that you want, and then you take it back. And then you become that lovely creature that no one loves called a micromanager. (laughs) This is a process I want to save you and everyone else around you from. So what you want to do here is really spell out the story of what it looks like when it's done and done really, really well. So outline your success criteria. Tell the other person how they can win. If you're familiar at all with Gallup's great information about teamwork and about strengths, they have this great book called Q12. It's actually called 12 Questions. And one of the things that they've studied is they've figured out, and this is one of the 12 questions, is do you know what's expected of you every day? And a lot of people don't. And the lower scores are correlated with lower employee satisfaction, lower productivity, lower profitability. Those are the ones that were most meaningful for me. When I read the list, I'm like, oh my gosh, people don't actually know what they're supposed to be doing. So letting them know how they can win and, frankly, how they can fail is really, really, really useful. So being specific about what your expectations are, which, by the way, these are all in the back of your head. So when you take the time to write them down and have a meeting and articulate them, and that way people can ask questions and get clear, because I know that how I think about things and communicate is not exactly the way everyone else receives it. So conversations are really important. This is the opposite of a drive-by delegation. So by outlining your success criteria, you really do let people be successful with that particular task. Tell them the story of when it worked, you did a really, really good job. Tell a story of when it was complete and abject failure. You know, we learn a lot by telling stories of what didn't work as well as what worked. So give them that parameter. And most importantly, give them the context. Tell them why this is so important. A great comment came actually from my sister, Julia, yesterday in the workshop. And she was actually talking to the entire group. And she said, it's really important, especially to be part of an entrepreneurial team, that you give people the context. She said, entrepreneurial team members are not like other team members. They want to know why, which I thought was a brilliant point. Other people might just do as they're told. Entrepreneurial team members, not so much. And since that's presumably where you're leaning, if you're not already, I thought that was really key. So let people know why. Tell them the stories of what worked, what didn't, and when it was a fabulous success and when it was a terrible failure. And get into the drama of it. That's when it's okay to be dramatic. And then let them know the success criteria, how to avoid the worst case scenario and ensure the best case. So that's step number one to really spell out that story. The next thing to help you get through that courage phase is to really expect about 80%. So a lot of us are perfectionists. 
raise your hand if you're a perfectionist. <laughs> Lots of hands <laughs> went up. Whenever I ask this question, about 80% of the hands go up. The rest of them are just closet perfectionists. And I'm a huge fan, by the way, of having high standards, but perfection is something different. And if you think about how long did it take you to do that particular activity really, really well, probably a while. You probably made a few mistakes. You know, it wasn't always perfect from the get-go. Maybe you're one of those rare individuals where that was the case, but quite often we had to go through some learning. But when we hand it off, we're very reluctant to let other people go through that same learning phase. If we know it, everyone else should know it. That's kind of the, <laughs> the thinking that goes behind it. it. doesn't work. We all need to learn and grow in our same way. Just be grateful that other people let you make mistakes is kind of how I like to think about it. So 80%, look for them. Other people do it 80% as well as you can. And then if you think about it, if next time they do it, they'll do it to another 80% level. Well, two 80% is 96%. Okay, So for example, you take 80% success the first part, and then there's 20% left over. 80% of 20%, 16. 80 plus 16 is 96. If you do that again, 99.2%. Well, after three cuts at it, 99.2%, pretty good for most things other than brain surgery and... <laughs> other really highly technical things I can think of. Pretty good. If they do it 80%, 96%, 99.2% as well as you can, that's fine. We can let go of our perfect expectations and coach people on how they can get there. But let them learn. You can't just implant it. Think of yourself as a coach. I was coaching one of our clients on this yesterday. So don't think of yourself just, you know, you're not cloning yourself so much as you are a coach. Think of yourself as a mentor. In terms of parenting, can I instill everything I know into my child's head? No. Thank goodness. They have to learn their own way, which is sometimes extraordinarily painful to watch, I have to say, but I have to let them have their own experience. I can guide, I can suggest, but sometimes I need to be hand off and just watch them fall off the bike, put their hand on the hot stove, whatever it is, hopefully not too badly burnt, but you know what I mean? We have to kind of let people learn for themselves. Otherwise, they never learn. That's how we did it. That's how they do it. And the same is true of our teams. So 80% expectation frees you up. It also prevents that paralysis that can come. When people know they can't do it perfectly, they just don't do anything. And then you're always stuck at this current level where you're at now. Now, the last thing, the last step really, is after you've delegated a task, a project, whatever it is, is to actually do what we would call a coach, an experience transformer. An experience transformer is simply looking at, okay, what about this worked? What about it didn't? And knowing what we know now, what will we do differently next time? Very easy process. And don't have it be a blame game. No, no, no. That does not work. Ask other people, what do you think about this worked? What do you think about this didn't work? This is not a chance for you to kind of get upset with people. Is have them surface what they feel. Have them think about their own thinking. Have them get wiser. And you can go yes, or you can add something that you thought was missing. But all of a sudden, all of you are more intelligent about it. You start to realize, oh, I kind of forgot to tell you that key detail that would have been helpful. <laughs> you know, I forgot to mention the time frame that was yesterday. You'll start to realize where you could have done a better job in the communication and the delegating. So really by focusing in on clarifying what your success criteria are, expecting 80% versus 100 and transforming the experience and always learning what you could do differently next time. That's a way to get through the courage phase. It also, by the way, when you're delegating, it also takes courage and commitment on the part of the person that you're delegating to. You may not have thought of it that way. They're trying to meet your expectations. They don't want to fail. <laughs> None of us do. So they're making a commitment and they have their own courage phase. So kind of knowing that you're going through it together, 
all of a sudden that kind of puts you in the same place. So work through it together. Be partners. Be collaborative. Don't just be top down. And all of a sudden what you'll discover is that both of you have a new capability, not only in how to do that task, but actually how to communicate and how to transfer wisdom, how to transfer learning. And then what you'll get as a result of that is incredibly higher level of confidence. Well, what can you do with that higher level of confidence? Probably quite a bit. If you think about the expanded freedom that's possible, what can you do with the hours that you're going to free up? What can you do with the brain space that you now have? I know for me, when I delegate things that I'm not great at, not only do I free up time, but I free up mental energy. I'm a huge fan of lots of mental energy. And taking away things that are draining frees me up to do the things I am passionate about and that I love and that I have tons of creativity for. That's what I think is really exciting. Time is wonderful, but creativity is something else. And when you put those two things together, look out. Just look how much bigger your future can be. And quite often what I've learned is if you're delegating to the right person who has a passion for those things that you don't, they all of a sudden bring their own creativity to that project and it gets better as a result. That to me is team success. That to me is teamwork because all of us are contributing our best selves, our intelligence, our experience, our creativity, our innovation, our ideas, and the thing gets much, much better and bigger as a result of that. What I can do by myself is little, or as my Scottish friend would say, we. (laughs) It's tiny. But what we can do together, much, much bigger. And so if you want a bigger future... I'm presuming you do, then really focus in on this process. Acknowledge to yourself and to others that it takes courage to delegate. Appreciate the fact that you're making a commitment, that you're going to go through the courage phase. Really important, doesn't feel very good, but that's okay. And out of that, by being willing to make that commitment and courage, then you're going to get a whole new level of capability for yourself and for your team. And all of you will have a much higher level of confidence. I know about you, but to me, that sounds really, really good. All right. That's probably enough for you to think about right now. I hope this has been inspiring for you. I hope it excites you in terms of what is now possible for you and gives you some really practical, concrete steps about what to do, the conversations that are needed to help you grow to your next level through using the four C's. Thanks very much for listening. And as always, here's to your team's success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more Team Success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.